The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome to the first episode of the Westworld Podcast Western Movie Club. Today we're going to be recapping and reviewing the 2011 movie Cowboys and Aliens, written and directed by John Favreau, produced by Ron Howard, and executive produced by Steven Spielberg. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So in case you haven't been keeping up, you guys, uh, Westworld's not coming back for, like, another year. Just in t- eternity. It's n- it's almost, in my mind, never coming back. I, I have to think that way. It's like when you're in traffic, you think, I'm never going to get home. So when you do get home, you're surprised. But Ryan and I want to keep talking about Western stuff, stuff tangentially related to Westworld, maybe. Sort of kind of the same thing and on that note i will say here that at the golden globes westworld came away with nothing uh hbo had many many nominations and then won absolutely nothing they were beaten out for best drama by the crown over game of thrones and the first season of westworld plus some other shows uh personally i believe i still would have given it to the sixth season of game of thrones but the crown which i'm watching right now is also wonderful and then you can't leave out the fact because this is the westworld podcast westworld season one was so great and nobody talked about it they talked more about evan rachel wood how she was dressed she was dressed amazing she looked amazing so good and tandy newton was looked so amazing too anthony hopkins wasn't there that was a glaring glaring where is anthony hopkins he did such a great job uh robert no who was it Billy Bob Thornton, that guy, he won for Goliath, that Amazon show for best actor, which I have not seen. Um, and I feel like when I start to watch it, all I'm going to be able to say is, this guy's not better than Anthony Hopkins. But tonight's movie has won zero awards. No, and it was kind of a financial failure. I, I think it came very close to to making the exact amount of money it cost to make, which... I don't know if you know this, but is a failure. <laughs> Especially when your movie stars Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. Yeah, you stacked the deck. I mean, you, this movie was, like I said last episode, originally going to star Robert Downey Jr. as a guy named Zeke, who was like a union gunslinger. And then he got called away because he had to go do Sherlock. And then... They hired Daniel Craig, rewrote the entire thing to be an outlaw, because you have to be way more 
hardcore. And now that Daniel Craig is an outlaw and the entire movie is different, that's why there are so many writers on this movie. Like, you said written and directed by John Favreau, which is true. John Favreau does have a writing credit, but there's actually one, two, three, four, five, six. There are six people written for screenplay, wrote the screenplay, and then three for screen story. What that means is it was a hodgepodge of people who wrote so many drafts of this thing that until it was just a benign piece of entertainment that looked really pretty, but you could tell had no tone whatsoever, shifted immediately and without warning, and gosh, already, James, trying not to be a naysayer. I saw this movie in 2011. 2011 was only five years ago. I remember things from 2011 pretty clearly. I had forgotten everything about this movie. Telling. You can tell that a movie has been forgotten if... So, I had every intention of torrenting this movie. Sorry, everybody. I'm a criminal. I was going to torrent Cowboy and Aliens. Impossible. There was no active torrent. <laughs> you could not find it at all. I mean, the way I watched it was I bought it on Amazon Video. Yeah, me too. I, I couldn't... I, there's nobody torrenting it. At the end of it, were you like, that's a good four bucks. Glad I did that. Did you watch the theatrical version or the extended unrated version? Oh, I watched extended unrated, and I didn't do it purposely. I watched the extended unrated version, and then later I looked up, like, the differences between the theatrical and the unrated, and I love when movies do this. They release the unrated version, like that means something, and then all there is is ten minutes of additional content that's just, oh, we held this shot for a couple seconds longer, and there were a few more lines of dialogue. You just didn't unrate it so you could put unrated on the box art. There were no, like, nobody got nude... There was no extra scenes of violence. You have to give them the benefit of the doubt, James. They made no money on this thing. They had to repackage it and hope for the best. Also, you see some different versions of the cover art or the poster art for this movie, and they're both really drab and and cliche and terrible cover art. You can tell any cover art that Harrison Ford is on. A costume designer walked up to him and is like, here are your clothes. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to wear this shirt. Get away from me. So the movie begins with Daniel Craig waking up in the middle of the desert with a stomach wound and a strange alien wristband uh, clamped onto his wrist that he can't remove and a black and white photo in the ground next to him, a photo of a pretty woman. Yeah, his name is Jake, I think. Oh, but we don't know that yet. Oh, yeah, we don't. But also, it's never going to matter. This is 007. This is Daniel Craig. You can't stop thinking that. You're like, oh, this is... Why is James... What's James Bond doing in the Old West? He's got this piece of alien technology, this, like, this this bracelet on his arm, and it's it's iron. It's kind of cool looking. I actually like the design of the tech on his wrist. I think it looks... Kinda, it's very, like, Fallout Pip-Boy style. Yeah, it definitely looks like, hey, this will be useful later. Don't know how, but I I bet later, perhaps within the third act or the second act, I will it will do something and I'll look at it like, haha, okay. He tries to break it off and he can't, and that's when he gets approached by three cowboys on horses. And he's so chill about it because he's our hero and tch, 
heroes are never not chill, dude. He still hasn't said anything, though. Nope, no words. <laughs> they mistake him for a runaway prisoner, and they try to apprehend him, but he, like, Jason borns himself, and he disarms them and kills them without really breaking a sweat. Uh, this scene is here only to show that 007 is still a badass. Also, he's super hardcore. This is all you need to know about Daniel Craig in this movie. No matter what happens, dude's a badass, number one. And number two, he's more hardcore than you are. Well, unless you're Harrison Ford. But we'll get there. He takes their clothes, their horse, and, and their dog also comes with them. You'd think that if you killed the dog's master, he wouldn't immediately endear yourself to you. But no, the dog, the dog notices that it's Daniel Craig, and he's like, well, I gotta follow him now. Yeah, if you kill a dog's master, they immediately respect you, James. It is known. He picks up the black and white photo, and he tucks it into his hat, and he, he rides off into the prairie. Eventually coming up on a town, and my first thought was like, but a lot of stuff's gonna happen in that town. Yeah, he enters an empty house to grab some water and to patch up his wound, but he gets snuck up by the owner of the house, uh, a local preacher whose name I never caught. No, I didn't want to catch it because he's bad. The preacher, the moment the preacher came on screen, I was like, gosh, not good. Bad, you're doing a bad job. Also, though, all I could think besides that was this dog who is in this movie is a grade A acting dog doing a whole lot of stuff and executing it to perfection. Yeah, I think I can confidently say the dog's my favorite character. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. In fact, if the dog was in every scene that the child ends up being in, it would make this movie a better movie. Even if the dog was talking with the child's voice, and you were like, why is Airbud in a Cowboys movie? Still, better movie. I feel like let's you and I are in the boardroom right now. Maybe you're Spielberg and I'm Ron Howard. I'm like, can we not just cut out the kid and just and give all his parts to the dog? <laughs> and I went. I and then John Favreau goes, genius. And, but it just doesn't happen because the kid has a contract and it's all it's all logistical mumbo jumbo. Kid sucks. We're not even there yet. I'm trying not to be a naysayer. <laughs> right. So Daniel Craig's in this empty house. He gets snuck up on by the preacher who puts a gun to his head and he's questioning him about who you are. What are you doing here? But oh, soap opera moment. Daniel Craig has complete amnesia and he can't even remember his name. Yeah. He's also like he thinks he's been shot. And then he kind of looks over and is like, oh, no, it's just a flesh wound. Get over yourself. You're 007. Suck it up. And then the well, we preacher... Should say... Sorry, go ahead. I'm just about to... I was just going to say the preacher is a murder preacher. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know preachers could be murdery. The American cowboy accent that Daniel Craig is doing is very inconsistent. You could just say bad. But it's not always bad. But... There are certain points where it just sounds weird, where it's like, come on, John Favreau, do it, do another take. Yeah, one more, perhaps, for him, so that he doesn't say the word, like, he says, like, the word draw, and you're like, draw, and then John Favreau is like, cut it, perfect. The preacher takes Jake into the church house, where he administers some old-timey anesthesia-free surgery on him. Pretty hardcore. Uh, Daniel Craig's wound is kind of peculiar. It's not a gunshot wound. And just as the preacher finishes stitching him up, a bullet comes flying through the window. Oh my god. We see some of the townsfolk for the first time. 
Paul Dano, out of nowhere. I really like Paul Dano. He's a great actor, but you wouldn't know it from this movie. No, I mean, you think back to their... Actually, uh, the best, I think, acting done in this movie is this next scene by Paul Dano, the one where he's just being a jerk in the middle of the town. And I love Paul Dano from There Will Be Blood, obviously. And in that moment, in that movie, you see him and you're like, oh, he's good. And then on this is like the best part of this. This next 10 to 15 minutes was really the only moments of this movie where I was... My disbelief was suspended almost completely because of how how much I re... Not related to Paul Dano, because that would be awful because he's the worst in this movie. He's just like a little spoiled brat. But how much... Or how actually well he acted like the next 15 minutes. Paul Dano plays Percy Dollarhide. Amazing. Great names. That's the best... And that's why and I, it is important for people to have really dope names in westerns because if you don't li- name if you just don't throw away your ego for that moment and name your characters in westerns something really cool you're just missing an opportunity because everyone can do it that's why clementine pennyfeather best name will never not get best named percy dollarhide is like the rich son of an important rancher, and he's kind of a bully, and he's just shooting his gun off into random directions into the town. And he begins threatening the local saloon owner, whose name is Doc. Yeah, played by Sam Rockwell, or how I will probably refer to him most of this time as Zaphoid Beeblebrox from the live-action Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, although Sam Rockwell has been in many, many things. In fact, he has been in so many things that now when I see him, all I think is, hey... That's Sam Rockwell. Just as Percy is about to kill the saloon guy, the preacher steps in and, you know, tells him to have mercy. And so Percy demands that everyone in the town pay him to save Doc's life. So he goes around collecting money from everybody. But Daniel Craig is like, nah, man. And he kicks Percy in the dick. Yeah, Paul Dano is, like, taking this opportunity to steal from everyone. And lo and behold, the last person to be stolen from is Jake, 007 Daniel Craig. But uh, you can't steal from him, James. He's too hardcore. And uh, and Paul Dano's like, I'm rich, so nothing applies to me. Daniel Craig, as you said, just kicks him straight in the dick because that's what hardcore people do. Uh, is that like a tough guy move? No, it's a, it's a move for dick? a it's a move for a tiny child. Dumb. <laughs> Percy gets kicked in the dick, and he you know he reacts as you'd expect. Then he pulls out his gun and tries to shoot Daniel Craig, but he misses, and he hits some rando in the arm. Which, as you might know, will start any all-out brawl in any saloon ever. All you have to do is shoot somebody. Off to the side, Olivia Wilde is just there, and she's turned on by all of this. The sheriff comes and arrests Percy for shooting people in public. Yeah, he can't do it, Percy. Can't do it. But Percy's got some goons with him, and they leave to go tell Percy's rich father about this. And one of the goons is the local Indian guy, and I say that with all due respect. He's That's just what his character is. He's the one Indian guy who is, quote, civilized, unquote, 
and hangs out apparently with Paul Dano and Paul Dano's dad to the point where he kind of works for them. So he's like, I'm going to tattle immediately if you do this preacher slash sheriff. If you put, if you put, you can't put Paul Dano in jail, even though he, uh, granted, he was just stealing from everyone and then shot randomly in multiple directions, including this person. But he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell. And immediately. So the guy who plays the Indian, who uh, I I, I want to call him not civilized Indian, but like that's what they're selling him as in this movie. His name is barely mentioned. It's Nat. His name is Nat, but they hardly ever say that. No one uh, and none of the characters hardly get their names said in this movie at all. Ever. And the guy who plays this Indian's Adam Beach. First of all, his first name is Adam. I don't know. That's just tough for me. Secondly, he's the guy who plays Slipknot in Suicide Squad, that abortion of a movie. And he is, like, always the guy who is cast as the non-threatening Indian. And every time I see him, I am offended for all Indians everywhere. And I don't have any right to be. <laughs> I have no I have no standing there at all. Every time I see him, I'm like, God, this guy is just... Why is he the Indian who is not Indian enough in every movie? Yeah, but it is kind of an important plot point. Uh, Percy's got a sidekick who works <laughs> for his family, and he's Native American. Just hold on to that information. <laughs> yeah. James, at the end of me, just naysaying when I said I wouldn't, it was like, although you do need to remember this. So so forget that scene. <laughs> Out on the pasture, three cowboys are enjoying their lunch and kind of having some banter. One of them goes to take a duke in the river... When there's a massive explosion, he falls into the river, and when he climbs out, everything's, like, been annihilated and on fire. I swear to gosh, when I was watching this movie, and what I was just talking about, like, the ten minutes of suspended disbelief with Paul Dano's character shooting everybody and and being a dick, that scene, the reason I, I can say that confidently, is because when I got to this scene with the guys in the field... I had literally forgotten there were going to be aliens in this movie. I had just, I had finally like rested in, oh, this is a cowboy movie. They're doing cowboy things. Flash cut to this scene and I'm like, oh, right. Oh my God. This is not a cowboy movie. This is an alien movie. And I had completely forgotten. Yeah, I didn't tell my wife the title of this movie, and so when the alien shit started happening, uh, her reaction was to get really annoyed and then tune out of the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> because, and honestly, giving her the name shouldn't have changed that at all. Back in the town, uh, in the saloon, Doc is lamenting that no one in town respects him while his hot wife tries unsuccessfully to comfort him. Yeah, in the last scene, Paul Dano's character just knocked off his glasses and was like, whatever, four eyes. So uh, we just assume that Zaphoid Beelbrock slash Sam Rockwell slash Doc is the local nerd. Daniel Craig comes in for a drink when he's approached by a mysterious woman played by Olivia Wilde. Yeah, uh, she is... There are two main uh, women characters, I'd say, in this movie. And it would be Abigail Spencer, who plays Sam Rockwell's wife, and Olivia Wilde, who plays the mystery guest. No one really knows who she is. She introduces herself as Ella, and she seems to know Daniel Craig, 
But before they can get into it, the sheriff arrives to arrest Daniel Craig because he identifies him as the wanted outlaw Jake Lonergan. Which is true. That's actually who he is, although he has amnesia, so he doesn't remember that stuff at all. I love I love his name though. You were you were making a big deal out of the names Jake Lonergan, Jake Loner Gun. They yeah. should have just named him Jake Loner Gun. That would have been better. <laughs> Jake Cowboy. Olivia slash Ella asks him like right before the sheriff comes in, like, "What's that bracelet, you idiot?" And then he's like, "I don't know." And then actually he's just like, "I'm just here to drink," which is one of my favorite lines of the bad movie. Naysaying, and then. Olivia, right before the sheriff comes in, says, you don't remember anything, do you? Which is very ominous. Hey, James, I think they were both abducted. Do you think, do you think that was what happened? (laughs) I can't follow this plot, man. It's too complicated. A lot of, lot of ins and outs. Jake refuses to go with the sheriff quietly. And then also he like Jason Bournes again and, and beats everybody up. He's so he hardcore. knocks out the sheriff and his men, but he gets knocked out behind by Ella, who Olivia Wilde behind him gets him in the sweet spot. She's an independent lady who can also win a fight. Jake has some trippy flashbacks about what looks like an alien abduction before waking up in the jail cell next to Percy, and Percy kind of taunts him and threatens him, but then Jake reaches through the bars and attacks him and knocks him out. Begin second act. Yeah, he grabs Percy basically by the tie and pulls him as hard as he can towards the bars, knocking Percy unconscious. It's hilarious. Just knee-slapping good time. We cut to a scene of the the cowboy who survived the first explosion is being tortured. He's being like drawn and quartered but without the quarter he's got an, a limb tied to a horses and they're pulling him apart and he's being interrogated by the the owner the head rancher who is colonel dollarhide percy's father played by none other than harrison ford all you need to know about him in this movie is that you know how hardcore danielle craig is Tch. harrison ford's a more hardcore dude he doesn't believe the story about the cows and and the ranchers being killed by a crazy explosion, and he blames the survivor, which, if I'm the survivor, I'm like, how do you think I did this? How do you right. think I destroyed the whole landscape and killed all your cows? Just with a giant explosion. Also, the moment he was torturing that guy, I was like, oh, well, he's Paul Dano's dad. He has to be. that Like father, like son. And then, you know, someone comes up, I don't remember who, and you, 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 because you know the information, the actual information. Your notes are like what happened in the movie, and my, my notes is like the next note I have is just the word confrontation in all caps. I don't know what it's referring to until you really, you remind me with your, with your, uh, summaries. But, uh, they realize that they need to go into the town to save Percy, because Percy's been put in jail. And then the stupidest thing happens. The stupidest line. And it's honestly, it's like, it's actually the reason I liked the movie John Wick with Keanu Reeves. Because they didn't sugarcoat anything. Because at any given moment when when a cliche action movie thing happened, they just lived in it. 
They just kind of let it sink in and they floated in there and they were like, this is what's happening. Just deal with it. But not in Cowboys and Aliens. They learn that Jake Lonergan is down there and they go, oh my God, we need more men. Like, come on, Mary Sue Moore, please. Yeah, that was the lamest part. It's like, we need to bring more goons, boss, because ultimate badass is down there too. Yeah, super hardcore guy who can't lose fights unless Olivia Wilde hits him in the back of the head with a actual piece of glass. So Colonel Dollarhide and his goons ride off to town to 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 rescue his son and get revenge on Jake for something. For something he once did that we have no idea of. I can't follow anything. So the town sheriff, Sheriff Taggart informs Jake that he's a wanted man with a long rap sheet, including the murder of the woman from the black and white photograph. You saying I killed her? And then the guy's like, he doesn't know. (laughs) He can't remember. He doesn't remember anything. He hopes he didn't kill that girl. He doesn't even know why. They decide to send him to Santa Fe for trial, and they load him into a paddy wagon where Percy's already sitting there waiting. The almighty prisoner transfer. Prisoner transfers are always very important in Western movies. The mysterious woman, Ella, approaches the window of the paddy wagon and she asks Jake if he remembers where he came from, but he doesn't. Amnesia. Yeah, he's he's still in a soap opera. Probably has an evil twin somewhere. Sheriff Taggart's grandson, Emmett, begs him not to go to Santa Fe and Taggart's like, nah, you'll be fine. And then he gives some exposition, like, I'm taking care of you because your daddy can't, but it's cool. Who is this kid? Why is he here? Answer me that, James. Who's this kid, and why is he in this movie? Yeah, I wonder, is 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 it for kids? Is it for kids to, to relate? Because this movie was PG-13, I think. That's the thing. I think that's what it was there for, but I think it was put to, I think it was put on a table like this. You know what I think we need in this movie? A, a kid. We need a kid so that when kids see him, they're like, you know what? I could be that kid. Well, gee, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we already have a dog. A dog and a kid? Okay, overkill? fine. I'll get rid of the docking, talking dog. It will just be a normal dog now who does tricks in his dope, but we have to put the kid in. What's the kid do? Nothing absolutely nothing he's just there to almost die just then the dollar hide gang show up (laughs) what a dumb name and (laughs) harrison ford delivers like the line we've all been waiting i want my family back i want give me them they've been taken from me liam neeson as he's arguing with Sheriff Taggart, a bright light in the sky starts flying towards the town. Oh my god, remember that there are aliens in this movie? We just did, right now. As the UFO gets closer, Jake's arm device lights up and starts beeping. Probably has something to do with them, huh? The UFOs begin to blow up the town and abduct the citizens, including Doc's wife and Sheriff Taggart. They both get abducted, like, right away. Oh god, no. The thing that you is fun here is that, and this is literally like, out of all the things I like about this movie, there are only like three of them, and one of them is this moment because up till right now, it's kind of just been a western with like one scene, one and a half scenes, been like alien stuff maybe, but it's sort of just been a western, and then they slam you with an alien movie, which the main 
criticism of this movie is the tonal shifts are just like your your neck is broken from how hard the tone shifts which is true but also like it's called cowboys and aliens by the way not cowboys versus aliens the name it should have the name i've been calling it for like the past two weeks even though i keep telling myself that's not what it is it's cowboys and aliens it's a worse name it's why i can't just take i can't get there and then here's just this an alien movie it's an alien movie all of a sudden it's the best and worst thing about this movie Jake is able to free himself and Percy by shooting a blast of energy from the alien tech on his wrist, which blows apart the paddy wagon. Just as Percy's reunited with his dad, though, a UFO abducts him and carries him away, too. Hilarious. Alien attacks the town. You get it. That's, you know, what happens when alien attacks town it blows it up because they have laser guns and and they and you know Harrison Ford doesn't Harrison Ford still though tries to shoot the alien ship with his gun because you got to try you know same thing people were doing in in Independence Day and uh, on the news they had to be like stop stop doing that that will make them angrier and then there was like a Lion King stampede thing going on and then Sam Rockwell slash Doc slash Zaphoid Beeblebrox's wife gets Roadhog hooked from Overwatch. Just come over here. Actually, that's more Mortal Kombat than Overwatch. Although both things are pertinent in this moment. And then you also have to, uh, I think, take into account in this moment with the explosions and the aliens that Jon Favreau was being pressured a lot to make this movie 3D and he refused. He wanted as all Westerns should be, in his opinion, to be shot on film, I believe, and to not be 3D. But then this alien thing attacks, and something explodes, and my first thought was, I mean, maybe you should have made this 3D. Because I don't like 3D movies at all, but it also, it didn't break the bank. It was almost, it was a financial failure, and when that happens, you have to assume, like, maybe... With the kid and the dog and the obvious trying to pander to children and the PG-13 rating that maybe you just go full bore onto that until this movie is just uh, bad. Let's make it huge and make it 3D too. And that, I mean, it could have hurt the movie in the long run. Probably did. Jake's able to shoot down one of the UFOs with his alien weapon and the attack seems to peter out after that. Yeah, he uh, he has, again, the one thing that will be able to win this fight. Jake and the colonel inspect the downed UFO, and the locals bicker about what it is. Oh, it's, it's demons. Uh, they hear a scream and the sound of a struggle, and then the shadowy figure of an alien runs off into the wilderness. Yeah, it reminded me of Signs. Actually, right then. And then, have you seen this set before? Because I have. Really? Oh, yeah. They use a bunch of the same set they use for Westworld in this movie. I mean, there again, there are only, like, three Western sets outside of Los Angeles. And the one they used here... I mean, it's completely de-dressed and redressed to be an alien movie. But it's the same set. 
I didn't pick up on that, but now that you say that, this, the setup of the town is really similar. I mean, there are only five things in western towns, including to Hollywood. It's a saloon, other stuff. The water tower. Sure. <laughs> Colonel Dollarhide and his posse decide they're going to chase after that alien who ran away at first light. The colonel demands that Jake come along and bring the alien tech... But Jake refuses, so the colonel punches him in the face, and Jake hardly reacts, and so Jake punches the colonel in the face, and the colonel hardly reacts, and they're, they're just so badass, the two They're of them. so hardcore, dude. Just can't even hurt them, dude. <laughs> Man, they're so cool. Uh, nothing interesting really happens for the next 25 minutes. Uh- <laughs> yeah, seriously, could we just skip it? The townspeople make repairs on the town... Jake rides alone, the mysterious woman tries to follow her, but he throws her off her horse, which is actually really dangerous, and tells her to leave him alone. Yeah, the Indian is helping track uh, everybody, and and they're like, track it, Indian, and he's like, got it, this is racist, but okay, I'm only here for this, and he does a good job, he actually eventually like finds things, and... Well, a bunch of more townspeople join the posse. Doc and Let's get, they're getting the, the band back boy. together. Yeah, why is the little boy there? Why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just decide to let the, the little boy join. Dog's coming too. Ella and the dog also join the colonel's posse. <laughs> you know, it's like a it's like a Scooby Doo movie. Like, why are they? Why are you bringing the dog? They want to go search and rescue the abductees, and they're following Jake's tracks off into the desert. Jake arrives at an abandoned house, and he flashes back about the woman in the photograph. It seems like she's his wife. They have some kind of argument about him being an outlaw, and then the gold he stole in his latest heist gets, like, melted and shoots through the ceiling. It's pretty weird. And then they both get abducted. Olivia Wilde's hat is really dumb in that scene, and it reminded me of Logan's hat and how dumb his hat was. Riding on the prairie, the posse members are blandly reciting cliche dialogue, and then they run into Jake, and he agrees to join them. Yeah. <laughs> you've lost all, you've lost all effort. Been like, oh, okay. The, the so, second act of this movie is so poor. So, um, you could just be just after every sentence you say. But yeah, I like how last night they were like, Jake, you have to join us. No! The next day, Jake, you have to join us. Okay. Fine. There's the dog. Does the dog here? I'll only join if Airbud is in. That night, they happen upon an overturned steamboat in the middle of the desert, and they decide to seek refuge there for the night, because it's raining really hard. Whoa. Why is that steamboat there? Yeah, that is never really addressed. They're like, well, what, the aliens are picking up steamboats now and just dropping them a couple states over? Kind of feels like they were just, like, in a meeting, like, you know what would be cool? Steamboat, middle of the desert, never explain it ever. The next 15 minutes are pretty unbearable. <laughs> you you can't even do it anymore. You can't even muster up the effort to pretend it's a real thing. The preacher teaches Doc how to shoot. Whatever, why does the preacher know how to shoot? He's a murder preacher. (laughs) 
Doc bitches about his shitty life and they argue about religion. I gotta say, Doc is the worst character. He is the worst. He's Why is he there? He does argue about religion with the preacher. Like, I don't know about God anymore because my wife is gone. Like, dude, this isn't an alien movie. See more explosions and less Sam Rockwell complaining. Also, Doc, are you not in on the plan to rescue everyone? Why are you naysaying and bitching so much? Like, we're, we're going to save your wife. Or at least we're going to try. But, you know, I think the same could be said for us, James. Why are we naysaying so much? <laughs> and the answer is because this movie is not good. <laughs> the no-name members of the posse are sitting around a fire and they're bickering some more. I called them ne- red shirts. <laughs> yeah. Nat, the young Native American goon, tries to warm up to the colonel, and the colonel is mean and racist to him. He's like, you're not my son, you're just some Indian, get out of here. I think he makes some remark about red skin or something, I I, I seem to yeah, remember I that. He's racist, they're all racist, the movie, probably also racist. But then the colonel is nice to Emmett, the little boy, and he gifts him with a big old knife. Why is this boy here? Why, yeah, why, does, the, why does the colonel like him? Oh, you're a white boy. I like you. Here's a knife. Why, why is this man... What's... Ha- why? Jake is standing around shirtless by himself when... Yeah, of course. <laughs> Ella walks in and questions him some more, runs her fingers on his rock-hard body... Totally. He's so hardcore and so hot, dude. Daniel's half-naked bod, dude. Olivia's there, and she's like, God, I hope we bang, dude. And, well, she doesn't say that, because she's a strong, independent woman who doesn't need a man and or sexual intercourse to understand who she is. She knows. But also, look at those abs, dude. But their tender moment is interrupted when Jake's device starts beeping, which is indicating the arrival of some aliens. They're here, dude. So now we get kind of like a horror movie sequence. The posse is being stalked in the dark and being picked off by this alien. The dog runs off screen and gets hurt, and I feel bad. <laughs> I was like, the dog will be your best asset in finding the alien. Oh, he's dead. Great. Emmett tries to hide from the alien, but he ends up face-to-face with it in a total ripoff of the movie Alien. Not even a, 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 a homage no, it was but just a, a jump scare, like a like a just a thoughtless jump scare. And by the way, the alien has like T Rex arms that come out right. of his chest. But also, let's take this moment. How strong are one of these aliens? Because the difference between how strong an alien is in one scene and how strong the alien is in another scene is drastic. Constantly in one scene, the alien can just pounce on somebody faster than you can even see them and murder them immediately and in another one they're slow and they can't take daniel craig down to save their lives what what are yeah and i don't understand the aliens motivations here because he totally just like one shot killed all the adults but then when he gets to emmett the little boy he does he has a like, knife you, you can't do it he does the alien thing where they're sideways shot face-to-face profile and then instead of a little mouth he's got gross little arms but like what 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 cuz he's a little kid I'm not going to kill you I'm just going to touch you with my disgusting little arms why is this kid here why but the preacher saves Emmett by shooting the alien but then the alien turns around and mortally wounds the preacher 
who then dies in Jake's arms. Doc, you're the new preacher. You have more jobs now. Too bad. The preacher died. He never even got a name. No, he didn't. I'm sure he did have a name, but I don't care what it was. Also, he wasn't a good character, and I'm glad he's dead. The next day, they bury the preacher, and Emmett looks for the dog, and he can't find the dog. We're all pretty sad. We're all sad. He's the best character, hands down. Again, delete the child. Give all the parts to the dog. The colonel's posse leaves without paying their respects to the preacher, but Jake and Doc stay, and they give a short eulogy. They say some words. They They don't say his name. Say his name. (laughs) It's his funeral. Is there, does it say somewhere on here, on the internet? I'm sure it says on the Wikipedia page, but I swear to God, they don't say his name at the funeral. No, I think his name is... He was a good man. A good preacher man who we never named, so we can't say it now because we'll look dumb. Okay, so back on the trail, the colonel tells Emmett, the little boy, he tells him a fucked up story of the time that he mercy killed a soldier under his command, and he tells Emmett to be a man. What? <sighs> pretty Why? useless scene. Pretty pointless. Yeah, he's like, I slit that burning man's throat when he asked me to kill him because I'm a very likable guy. They trail the aliens to a canyon where they're set upon by some highwaymen who turn out to be bandits in Jake's former gang. Including the actor who played Sheriff Mannix from Hateful Eight. He was, like, one of my favorite characters from Hateful Eight. Walter Goggins, dude. Walter Goggins is the best. He was in Hateful Eight. He was in uh, Django Unchained, I want to say. And he was also the main bad guy in Justified. Walter Goggins is amazing. He's, like, one of my favorite actors these days. And when I saw him in this movie, I was like, oh, thank God. The last 15 minutes of this movie have been unbearable. I need Walter Goggins in my life real hard. Thinking quickly, Jake doesn't reveal to his former gang members that he has amnesia, and he quickly reassumes control of the bandits by by punching his friend in the face, and then they lead him to the bandit hideout. Yeah, he looks at Harrison Ford like, don't worry, Ben. I punched Walter Goggins in the mouth. We got this. At the camp, Jake uh, is threatened and attacked by his former partners, the other gang leaders, and they're angry because he ditched the gang and took all the gold. But then they call Ella's character a whore, and he says, call her a whore one more time, and then they do, and then he, he absolutely obliterates one of them with the alien weapon. Yep, he just Jason Bournes them, Mary sues them, obviously he wins, stands up for Olivia Wilde, because apparently she can't stand up for herself like she's been proving the entire movie up to this point. I don't... But, I mean, can I, I say don't something? I get it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, George R.R. Martin, you're a good enough writer, you don't have to steal content from Cowboys and Aliens. That's true, It's a com- <laughs> he, George R.R. R. Martin completely ripped off Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> Because they have the same exchange. He's like, call her a whore and you're dead. She's a whore. Oh, I'm shot. Like, I'm, Oh, God. The, the thing I said that was going to happen, happened. So, yeah, after that, they just leave. <laughs> Not, nothing <laughs> nothing really changes. They just go. Yeah, you could you could have taken that scene out of the movie and nothing would have changed. 
Uh, as they're riding, they get attacked again by the smaller UFOs, and Ella is abducted. But Jake is able to save her by racing up a cliffside, jumping off his horse onto the UFO, blasting it with his alien weapon, and then they fall harmlessly into the river. Yeah, big horse chase. Gotta have a big horse chase. The ships blowing up horses is hilarious. Uh, not because I like to see horses explode. That's messed up. But they're still hooking people out of the sky, which looks actually cool. And yeah, then, that's a neat effect. I, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I think it's the best effect in the movie, minus the horses exploding, which you're like, gosh, that looks that looks awful, but it's just done so not well that it's sort of hilarious. Also, um, when Jake shoots people with the, the weapon on his wrist, like, they explode with, like, that direction, they explode with, like, a lot of force, and you believe it, and it, it's kind of cool looking. They absolutely had enough money to make the effects in this movie really cool. Which, again, you have to ask yourself, like, I don't even like 3D, but should they have made this movie 3D? That part suggests, yeah, absolutely they should. Ella and Jake make their way to the shore, where they kind of, they laugh off, like, oh, you saved me, this is great, Uh, I love you. But then the alien bursts out of the river, and he... He smacks Ella really hard, and she goes flying. Jake swings around and and gives it, you know, a blast from his wrist weapon. And then he goes to attend to Ella, who's been seriously hurt. She has a laceration, dude. Both of them are wet. The two stars of the movie are wet. Gotta get them there. By the way, in the beginning of this movie, Daniel Craig's character was all bloody and messed up. You might remember he was sitting in in, in a desert all messed up. And then the first thing he did in that preacher's house was wash himself. And the, all I could think of that time was, the reason this is happening is because you need to wash the star. It's called washing the star. You put wash, you put like a shower or something at the beginning of a movie so that the star of the movie can just look like they do when they show up on the set the rest of the movie. That was what that was for. And then you fast forward to this scene where they're both about to kiss looking perfect like they haven't been on an adventure for days and then they're gonna kiss and then boom aliens happen and i i paused the movie here because i was like god how much longer is this movie and at this point there's an hour left and i literally said out loud how (laughs) (sighs) <laughs> By the way, we need to pick a softball movie for next time, like a like an actual good western. Right. So Jake carries her back towards the road. They meet up with the other main characters. The posse's been reduced to just the named characters. Everyone else is gone. Yeah, the red shirts are dead. Doc tries to treat Ella, but it turns out she's already dead. And before Jake can properly mourn, they're all abducted by some random Native Americans who came out of nowhere. You think you would have heard the sound of, of like, a hundred horses running up on you? But they don't. They get caught by surprise. Yeah, they, they, they know nothing of what's happening. Uh, at one point, Harrison Ford says something to the effect of, like, there's no reasoning with the Indians. They're barely people. And that's not exactly what he said, but that's what he means. Which, again, you're like, God, why? You're being so harsh, man. You're so hardcore. That night, they're all kind of being captured by and interrogated by the Native Americans. They they throw Ella's body 
in the fire, and then they're yelling at the Colonel Dollarhide. They're yelling at Harrison Ford. They're blaming the white man for the aliens. Of um, course. And just as they're about to scalp the Colonel, the fire explodes into the sky, and Ella rises from the flames like a phoenix. George R. R. Martin stealing again. Yeah, come on, George R. R. Martin. Think Cowboys of something original. Aliens has it hard enough. <laughs> you can't just keep taking the best parts, like when Olivia Wilde, Daenerys Stormborns out of the out of the fire. Which, by the way, this is the only difference between the extended version. When she comes out of the fire, there's a shot of her backside. She's she's nude, and you see Olivia Wilde's butt. In the extended version, it kind of just sits there for like two or three more seconds. Like, yeah, man. We paid Olivia Wilde a lot for her to show her butt right now, and we're getting all the time we can. Unrated. <laughs> the MPAA cannot handle Olivia Wilde's top of her butt. Van Wilder, Cowboys and Aliens. She reveals to Jake that she's been an alien in disguise this whole time. <laughs> this movie's so dumb. This is the worst movie. I'm sorry, I couldn't tell you. I'm from a different place. I took this form so that I could walk among you. How dare you, movie? You're just spitting in my mouth. Yeah, so the next scene, they're sitting around the campfire. Ella explains that she's from a race of good aliens. Whatever. Yeah, they they were wiped out. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. I can't not, I can't naysay to my full effect. Let's just keep doing it. Sorry. Her race of good aliens was wiped out <laughs> by these evil aliens. And the evil aliens are on Earth to obtain all the planet's gold. They want the gold from the mines. It's a Western. I love gold. Exactly. Uh, these aliens are just scouts. And if they don't destroy the mothership... They'll return in force and wipe out the human race. You mean Independence Day? Okay. The Native Americans give Jake what I assume is some ayahuasca tea. Yeah. He he, uh, he gets so high, dude. His memories return to him. Um, He remembers that his wife was named Alice, and she got abducted with him, and then she got disintegrated, and... He accidentally, just like flailing around, his his wrist got caught in the alien weapon, and then again he accidentally blasted a hole in the ship, and then he fell out, and that's that's where the movie started. Yeah, and the weapon just so happened to completely and perfectly fit his wrist. 007 hallucinates a hummingbird, which I think he assumes is his wife, the same way that my mother assumes that every cardinal is her grandmother. I love. Uh, <laughs> if, that's, if my mo- that's that's kind of sad. <laughs> it is. It is sad, but it's also uh, jubilant and happy. And honestly, the best part of this moment, because just keep reading. The, literally, as you read the synopsis of this movie from this point on, I'm going to try my best not to laugh. Uh, with his memories intact, Jake leads them to the mothership, which is heavily guarded. Ella thinks they can break in using Jake's tech. Um, the next day they are scouting the mothership, the secondary characters are bickering about how to attack, and Jake just leaves without a word. Yeah, when they ask the Indians 
uh, what they should do. They're like, we should attack from the high ground. And Harrison's like, great, you're a wealth of knowledge. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, and also, Harrison's like, also, there's no high ground. These are spaceships. They fly. Somewhere else, you feel like they traveled a long way, but apparently not. Uh, the bandit gang is out on the fields. They're arguing about what to do with the remaining gold, which is weird because they very clearly said that Jake took all the gold, but whatever. All, also, all the aliens are here. Why does this matter at all? When Jake arrives, he convinces them to join the fight, saying that he's going to make them rich. And then also, the dog is there, and he's fine for some reason. Uh, dog's always there. Dog's always fine. Gotta move on. I like how they couldn't commit to killing the dog. <laughs> they couldn't bring themselves to do it. This is not Marley and me. You cannot kill the dog. So the secondary characters are still bickering when Jake comes back with his gang, and they all unite to fight the aliens. This is my notes for this part. Gotta flank them, Harrison Ford. Nah, <laughs> Indian. Indian gives story about something. I don't know why. If you're such a warrior, why do you only have a man and a boy go into battle with? 007 turns around the corner just in the nick of time to save everything. This movie sucks. I'm not naysaying. <laughs> that night, I don't know why they're, they're using another night. The mothership could leave at any moment. But later on that night... Yeah, they got a lot of time. They're having a nice, like, racist Native American dance party around a fire. The child is there, the dog is there. Several characters exchange unnecessary dialogue. Like, literally, there's a line... There's there's a, there's a scene that seems to be improv where Doc is talking to this Mexican gang member. He's like, so do you like being a gang member? Eh, it's okay. You like being a doctor? Yeah, whatever. All right. I'm glad we horrible. have that information. <laughs> that was one of the uh, the scenes included in the extended edition. Oh, really? Thank God they were able to put that back in. John Favreau, it really broke his heart to take it out of the theatrical version. Yeah, it added a lot. Also, did you... We've passed long, long since passed the place where John Favreau put himself into his own movie. Did you see it? No, I didn't care. I looked for him. I couldn't catch it. 19 minutes in, there's a wanted poster with John Favreau's uh, face oh, on Oh, you know what? I thought that might have been him. Well, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's how he did it. That's how he did it. So, Nat, the Native American kid, he befriends the tribe members, and then he shares, like, a meaningful look with the colonel. They, they catch eyes, and the colonel's like, wow, Nat, even though I was racist to you before, I, I now see your value. End Act 2. Begin fight. Well, no, before then, Aww. Jake finds Ella standing by herself. Who cares? He, he kisses her deeply, Whatever. knowing full well that she is not a woman, but an alien disguised as a woman. I'm like, uh, she's this is here. so fucking weird to me. <laughs> she's She's not a person. She could be a horrible squid monster in a human suit. And you, you, what, you fell in love with her anyway? Yep, doesn't matter. She's a strong, independent woman, and 007 and Ella will be together forever. She could be her planet's equivalent of a man. Like, what are the odds that she's even attracted to humans? What if her species doesn't look any... Uh, it's just so weird to me. Uh, have Jake's you seen like, Daniel Craig and his washboard abs? How could you not be attracted to him? 
I just think like Jake is out of his mind. He's like, well, I don't care that you're not a human and you probably don't actually look like this. You look like a hot woman right now. And so I'm into it. I live in the moment. So the next day, the humans are scaling the mothership and they blow a big hole in it with some dynamite. Uh, The aliens respond by blasting them from above and then they send out some aliens to fight them on foot. Yeah, they're setting up what I call the kill box, which is the third act of an action movie. If you kill everybody inside the kill box who is a bad guy, you win. If you leave anyone alive, you lose. There's a big battle scene for the rest of the movie, basically. Yeah, they vape some peeps. Uh, vape Nation. They're just blowing them up and they turn into vapor. Yeah, no, I was about to say aliens are kicking the crap out of them. Because you ha- they have to. The aliens have to be winning until they're not winning anymore. Yeah, the humans are attacking on horseback, but they aren't really a match for the aliens who have super strength and super speed and, you know energy guns at some point the indian lassos an alien and saves harrison ford to which harrison ford looks at him he's like thanks indian i'm glad we've reconciled that's right but then just after that nate or nat whatever his name is he gets mortally wounded whatever the colonel cradles his head and his arms and he's Good. like even though i was a dick to you presumably for your whole life until this point you've actually been like a son to me <laughs> and they share a moment <laughs> before nat dies and it sucks that, like, Nat dies and Doc gets to live, and, and Nag's whole life just amounted to teaching the colonel this this lesson, like, yeah. about being a nice guy. Oh, you mean, like, uh, that character meant absolutely nothing? Crazy. Eventually, the sheer number of the humans uh, seems to be overwhelming the aliens. Yeah, just uh, the aliens who are all-powerful and incredibly fast, dexterous, and strong... Uh, they just can't handle it anymore. Cut to inside the ship. Jake and Ella found the abductees. They're like tied up and they're all entranced staring at this light on the ceiling. But they shoot the light and Ella starts detaching them from their constraints. And Jake's like covering her by blasting all the aliens who come near them with his wrist tech. Yeah, the first thing they that... Olivia Wilde says when they walk in, is like, don't look into the light. It's the first thing Daniel Craig does. He's like, what light? <laughs> and he looks up like an idiot. They obviously shoot it, and she's like, I told you, idiot. Don't do that. 007 holding them off with a super bracelet while Olivia's freeing all of them. She's like, go, get out of here. They all walk leisurely outside. And then Daniel Craig is obviously doing a great job murdering aliens, because why have him in your movie unless he's going to do a great job murdering the aliens? Together, they, yeah, they they just, like, casually walk the abductees out, and then Ella runs deeper into the catacombs to find, like, the alien mines. Independence Day. She's Randy Quaid. She's Randy Quaid going to the center of it, risking her life. Back on the battlefield, little boy Emmett gets cornered by one of the aliens again. They do the exact same thing. I hope he dies. He doesn't. Which sucks, but I, I wanted him to die. Brings out his baby arms to Little attack T-Rex Emmett. arms. But this time, you know, Emmett has been emboldened by what the colonel said an hour ago. And so he stabs 
the alien and kills him. It's kind of like Independence Day, where like it seems like they have an exoskeleton and the real alien is inside, so he's stabbing the real alien, I guess. Either that, or instead of nipples, they just have little arms, and that's their weak spot. I think the second one you said is exactly correct. Down in the mines, Ella is able to detach the wrist tech by kissing Jake. She's like, oh, you could have detached it anytime you want with your mind. And then she kisses him again. And what? his horniness causes it to detach. What? This movie sucks. Why? What? Why? Take it off with your mind. Kiss me. It will help. How did that help? Why did that help? Click your heels two times. It falls off. What? What? Why? Why? <laughs> I want, like, Jake to take Ella to bed, only to realize that, like in the movie Under the Skin, she's an alien and doesn't have a functioning vagina. And he's like, well, so what do I do here? Jeez. You just want him to be disappointed, which (laughs) I do too. I want them all to be disappointed. What is happening? Gotta get to the core, though. Gotta get to the core. She takes the alien weapon with her and, like, jumps into this this aperture and gets into the the mothership somehow she's like goodbye jake and he's like what and she has a giant gun she's on a suicide mission hope she dies too outside emmett has like a spyglass and he spots the now freed abductees but jake and ella aren't with them and so the colonel goes off to find them he's so hardcore uh, Jake is kind of lost in the alien catacombs. He gets attacked by one of the aliens, and he's like forced up against the abduction table, and he's about to be anally probed. Yep, totally. <laughs> and the col- the colonel shows up. He shoots this thing on the ceiling, which drops molten gold on top of the alien, killing it. A crown for a king. You stole that too, George R. R. Martin. Seriously, shameless. Three separate details now that Cowboys and Aliens obviously created George R. R. Martin stole in the 80s and or 70s. And uh, why did this infinitely strong and fast alien take his time? Why do any evil people take their time? I don't get it. (laughs) These aliens, they don't they don't they don't act by logic. They're like, what would be? The most cliche action movie thing to do right now. That's what I'll do. and, I, and Which is odd, because it's just, I'm an alien in a cowboy world. The catacombs begin to shake and collapse as the mothership attempts to take off. But before it can get out of Earth's atmosphere, Ella uses the alien weapon to shoot what I guess is the ship's engines. I don't know, it's just the thing at the center of the ship. Might as well shoot it. Which causes the entire mothership to explode in a fiery explosion. No way. No, it it (laughs) happened. Cut to everyone reunites with their loved ones, and Jake goes back to his abandoned house, and he sees the the hummingbird again. His, which is definitely his wife, but so you know, it's his wife. (laughs) That night, everyone is partying back at the saloon, and it seems like everyone likes Doc now. He's a cool guy. And he has his wife back. He's psyched. Percy buys some root beer for him and Emmett, apparently having mended his ways. Yeah, he's a better person now. The colonel buys a whole round for everyone at the bar, 
and then he takes Percy aside and tells him that he's going to give him more responsibility in the family business because he's a nice guy now too. I hate Percy. What is what? Why? How did this happen? What? Percy's nice now and he's great and we like him. How dare you? He stole a bunch of things from everyone in the beginning of the movie, shot random people in random directions, and now they're going to, again, just open my mouth up and spit in it. And that's, that's gross, but it's what's happening in this moment where they're like, no, 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 you like Percy now. Don't you like him? Like, no, no, I don't. Stop telling me what I feel. The colonel is talking to Sheriff Tagger. It's established that everyone in town is rich because of the gold that the aliens had hoarded. They now have it, I guess. Oh, great. Uh, and Sheriff Taggart decides to forgive Jake of his past crimes. You gotta stay around, Jake. Gotta, gotta stay here. But you know what Jake can't do? That. Yeah, Jake just instantly says no to everything in this movie. And so he rides off into the sunset, and that's the end of the movie. So badass, dude. So hardcore. And then the la- my last note is, James ride out of town, and that's the end. This movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's Cowboys ampersand aliens. I'm so... I... <laughs> when you chose this, I didn't go into it thinking I was going to like it. So I wasn't, like, surprised when all of this awful stuff was happening. The problem was we both watched the extended version, so it felt even longer, because it was. And you were, and like I said, at one point I turned off the movie to be like, how much longer is this stupid movie? And it had an hour left, and I was like, how? What are you <laughs> going to put in this hour? What are you going to do? Well, I chose this movie because I thought it would be good fodder for comedy and we'd have fun lampooning it. And I think we did. I honestly, I'd be surprised if people uh, want us to watch a a Western movie club movie that we actually enjoy. Uh, I think we're more entertaining, honestly, when we hate it. But uh, that might just be me and this inside little scoop. Uh, Maybe I just have more fun when I hate things, which is I think maybe we should switch off, like... I'll pick a terrible movie, you pick a good one. I'll pick a good movie, you pick a terrible one. That puts a lot of pressure on me. Because now I have to pick a movie that is like, that we're definitely going to like. And what if you hate it, James? I'll never forgive myself. (laughs) So yeah, what what would you give, if you had to give a letter grade or, or out of five stars, what would you give Cowboys ampersand aliens? If Cowboys and aliens was a student, they would stay back. (laughs) I give this movie a C, because if I'm taking everything as a whole, I quite liked the main theme of the soundtrack, and the effects were good. Uh, Harrison Ford's performance and Paul Dano's performance were pretty good. They were both pretty much underused. Harrison Ford as Harrison Ford, and Paul Dano as the one good actor in this movie? Daniel Craig doesn't really seem like he's enjoying himself and he kind of grumbles all his lines he's a piece of cardboard i would have rather had robert downey jr that would have made this movie good probably yeah daniel craig like grumbles in this weird accent olivia wilde's pretty good except for that part where she's just like i'm an alien and you're like no no i I refuse to believe that right her character is really flat she doesn't really do anything. She, like, follows Jake around and then gets kidnapped and then follows Jake around and then dies. 
and she still might be the most dynamic character in the whole movie. Doc is terrible. There's not a single scene in which I enjoyed Doc's character. Yeah, every when he got his wife back, I was like sad. I wanted him I wanted him to feel pain. <laughs> I I wanted him <laughs> You know you don't like a movie when at the end of it you're like, "God, I hope all these people die." I feel like the preacher was discount Jeff Bridges and wasn't good. Yep. <laughs> so I I mostly hate everything. I like the effects. I like the music. And you gave it a C. And you gave it a C. That's the thing. I give it a C because it's you know it's kind of original. No, apparently they had been trying to make this movie for a long time, and executives were like, "No, it won't be good." And they were right. And then they made it, and it wasn't good. Yeah, no way. Out of nowhere, still wasn't good. I, you know, the thing is, I always and I truly believe this. Every bad movie is not that way purposely. It's It just ended up being that way. And there were a lot of people who still worked on this thing who you have to give credit to. Because it's a, a movie with perfect sound, with amazing uh, design, and the set dressing was so great, and the costumes were so great. Uh, it just suffered from, you know, a story that was nothing. It was truly nothing. And it had no actual, like, you didn't, I wasn't interested in the ex- second half of this movie at all. But of course it was like pretty the entire time. It's too bad that this movie was kind of a failure cuz I like the idea of genre fusion in general and you don't see a ton of it, especially like within the western genre. Yeah, as you said earlier, the only one we could also think of was Back to the Future 3 where they infused western with obviously time travel. So I picked Cowboys versus Aliens. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I, know, I, I don't think... Yeah, yeah, no, wait. Yeah, I blame you. Next uh, is your choice. Do you have a movie in mind, Ryan? Yeah. We're going to go watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Us two and all of you. Uh, the way you probably can watch it the easiest, it is on Amazon Video, although there are other ways to do it. I believe uh, James will ma- most likely find out uh, some other options. I'm excited for this. I've never seen this movie, and I think, you know, a good movie will be a good juxtaposition with this terrible movie. Yeah, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is... It's one of those movies where even if if you say that it wasn't good at the end, people are like, what What are you talking about? It's it's an absolute classic. It has an 8.9 on IMDb. I, can't, I don't even know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes, but I bet it's pretty good. Uh, directed by Sergio Leon... Writers by Sergio and Luciano, and it seems like, wow, it's it, this movie is stacked. Plus, obviously, uh, Clint Eastwood, who you could say that Daniel Craig's character in Cowboys and Aliens was heavily based off of. Thanks again for listening, everybody, if, if you made it to the end with us. Uh, We appreciate everybody who just listens, but if you want to go the extra mile, you could follow us on SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter, you could send us a nice review on iTunes, which will help other people find the show, and just, you know, spread the by word of mouth. If people are into recaps and reviews of movies or westerns, let them know. Yeah, and I'll I'll be recording my first episode of my new podcast, The Deep Dives Podcast, tomorrow with my friend Alex, who... 
is uh, a human being who knows a lot about what it's like to have like multiple surgeries and inside hospitals. So I'm doing that tomorrow. So it should be up next week. And we're going to start making more content. It's going to be neat. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast.